0: For the Let's 100th
1: go. time.
0: 100th, 100th time. For the 100th No. That makes me sick. <laughs> Hi, For the Girls. This is For the Girls podcast. I'm Nick Westray. I'm Jason Black.
1: Uh, this, that's the 100th time doing that. That's
0: it's 100 times. This is our 100th episode. Welcome to our centennial. This is the podcast where gays, lesbians, bisexual, transgender, queer, all the people, every letter in our alphabet celebrates the the four letters of the alphabet we love d-i-v-a that's divas that's iconic female performers
1: yeah we're a fan cast we're a fan cast okay (laughs) that's what our that's what our niche of podcasting is in which we uh celebrate illuminate uh fan out on iconic performances everyone in the industry sometimes it's just nick and i i always say this this is my bit i just keep saying this this is your real bit. bit. this is my real bit nick's (laughs) likes a bit here's mine sometimes it's nick and i sometimes it's a guest sometimes it's an iconic guest sometimes that iconic guest is our first third time returner
0: that's right that's right we have latoya morgan on this
2: yes oh
1: our Our everything our everything
2: So Welcome. happy to be
1: here. Thank we just you for this podcast, back. so we could talk to you, Latoya. This <laughs> yeah, is I think this so. Is just, this, this, we did done this a hundred times just so we could talk to you out th- uh, three of
0: them, okay?
2: And I am here for it. <laughs> Thank
0: you. And Thank but you. Jason's now trying to skip my bit entirely because Jason, who is this podcast for? This is it for a
1: podcast uh, with the rule that all good things come in threes.
0: Ooh, this is a podcast for all you ladies beating the rich man at his game.
1: This is a podcast for working women.
0: This is a podcast for gay women screenwriters.
1: This is a podcast for when Nick and I delve back into mergers and acquisitions.
0: Mm, This is a (laughs) podcast for literally murdering the patriarchy and then getting rid of the fucking body any way you can. That's my
1: fantasy. (laughs)
0: That's my fantasy. <laughs> All uh, that's of my fantasy. Fantasies. Three ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, Latoya, what are we discussing today?
2: We're discussing the classic gym. 9 to 5. Yes.
1: Whoa,
2: classic yes. for
1: our 100th episode. Oh. Yes,
2: so good.
1: So good.
0: <laughs> so, so many good. people wanted to do this episode. We've had Battle Angels writing in saying if you ever do 9 to 5, please let me do it. We've had guests after their episode say, "Oh, please let me come back and do 9 to 5." But Latoya, you told us before, but tell us again, why why are you here as the expert on 9 to 5?
2: I am here as the expert on 9 to 5 because it's, it's probably one of the movies I have seen more than any others. If it is on cable, I watch it. I don't care if it's the beginning, the middle, the end. <laughs> I sit my ass down and I play, pay attention to the three divas. Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and of course, Dolly Parton. Come on. There, come on. There's just not, not a better trio in film. Uh, and skipped to funerals,
1: graduations, <laughs> yes, weddings, yes, yes. because TNT was playing nine to five. Yes. Yes. And it must not be interrupted.
2: And I have no shame about this. No. It is It is perfect. It is such a beautiful film. I'm it awesome. really
1: is. I have not seen it. And I, I don't remember the last time I saw it. So rewatching it, I was kind of like, okay, you know, I think it might be a little aged. And it wasn't. Yeah. It was still hitting
2: exactly how it should. And part of the reason is the music. I mean, come on. You to jump out of the gate with that fucking song. It's like... Um, is, is
1: it the, the- <laughs> out on the street. I know,
2: and we yeah. were doing mer- mergers
1: and acquisitions, but it was like the same thing that they did with um, "Let the River Run" w- from our iconic episode of Working Girl, where you just yes. instantly get plopped into a certain feeling and excitement oh, yeah. of being of like working, bizarrely working in an office where you're like, "Who <laughs> is this going to be about? An about women in the office? I can't. I'm, what's this going to be?" And it has, to <laughs> and so I was like, "Whoa." these two iconic songs but this to me i don't know is the greatest movie theme song ever
2: it kind of is it truly it just is just the way that the beat starts and then the inner cutting of all these women just on their way to work. And some people looking at their watch, walking down the street, drinking their coffee.
0: Spilling their coffee on their yes. heels.
2: Like hitting the alarm clock. I mean, it just, it starts you on the most amazing ride. And the funniest ride because yeah. there are so many comic gems everywhere. It's about something important, mm-hmm. but it's couched in comedy, so it's more digestible. It's brilliant. Brilliant. And-
0: being brilliant tomorrow because it's our hundredth episode we are giving you a double episode on nine to five today we're going to talk about the movie and tomorrow we're going to have a bonus episode where we interview pat resnick who wrote the screenplay for nine to five
2: the brilliant writer oh my god i'm Mm. such a fan
0: and now before
1: that i'm going to name the hundred episodes that we've done
0: so <laughs> Bette Midler, Betty <laughs> Davis, <laughs> Pam Greer. That's all <laughs> And then Bette Midler again. Yes.
1: yes. Thank you all yes. for coming.
0: Those are what we have covered. <laughs> no, but if you want to, you, everyone who's listening to this, I know that we have uh, millions of new fans that are coming on to celebrate our 100th episode, but go <laughs> back and download Latoya's previous two episodes, uh, which were on Betty Davis and Pam Greer. They're both yes. completely iconic, and one of them was even recorded live and in person when we could all breathe the same air as each other, and it was a really beautiful day.
1: Yeah, it was it one of my really favorite, favorite <laughs> episodes. I iconically cried at the end. I was so happy <laughs> we're doing that, and then, and then I think in my mind when we had you back for Penkerton, it was one of our first pandemic. Once yes, it was done also. And, and so I remember also just being like, this is every, everything with Latoya is so unique and special and amazing. <laughs> Latoya, last time your diva star was rising. Last time we talked to you, all the good things were coming your way. I, I'm, I had a fantasy of asking you this. And then you're like, no, it's been really bad. Now let's talk about other working women. <laughs> <ask you> how <laughs> how it was going. I was like, what? That, you know, Jason, that could be a possibility, <laughs> like, but Latoya, I know it's not because I'm following you. And like, I get like life alerts. Updates every time, like every other week. That you're, <laughs> <laughs> that you're into, like a like. Uh, I, what was the last thing I saw? You're doing a comic book or something? I like am. Now? Oh my what god, them? you Tell are following me. I am following you. You kidding?
2: <laughs> yes, you're the comic G-book. book is an amazing uh collaboration with Boom Studios, um, and it's sort of this period sci-fi uh, drama and. It's about a World War II veteran who in 1955, Alabama, comes to understand that he may have some secret abilities. And so he's using those powers to change things in the world. And so it's a lot of fun. It's called Dark Blood. And it's a project that I was working on for a couple of years. And I ended up getting it to Boom and they were really supportive and have been such great shepherds ever since. So it's great. Ooh, when can we buy it? You can pre-order it online. So right now it comes out in July, but you can go online, go to Boom Studios or uh, to the previews for Diamond Comics. You can just type in Dark Blood, click on it, Amazing. pay your three, three bucks and pick up a really great story.
0: Mm, I love that. Oh, yeah, and the imagination, hard. just the scope of and the art, uh, just and the collaboration involved in making a comic book. It's like a movie in that way, you know?
2: Absolutely. And on this comic book, we have a wonderful artist named Walt Barna. He's incredible. Um, beautiful, beautiful drawings. Wonderful colorist. Um, mm. It just it just having it come out this week has been just great seeing people come out of the woodwork being like, oh, my God, I love comics. I can't wait for it. So that was really exciting.
0: Oh, and then you have your show, Duster.
2: Yes, yes, yes. How
0: is how is that going? Have you started shooting? What's going on?
2: We are in the throes of pre production, so things are going, hiring huh. department heads, uh, cranking out scripts, um, getting ready for production in the fall. So it's cranking, it's going. I, and the everyone's trains be are super, leaving.
0: <laughs> super vaccinated, and we're going to be yes. able to make a great show with. Yeah latoya morgan as the boss
2: i know i can't believe it oh when you say it like Does that
0: haunt. oh my god oh
2: my god you're terrifying me don't don't terrify me right you're gonna now. be the dab, <laughs> you're gonna
0: be the dabney coleman of the set
2: <laughs> no i am gonna be the good no i'll be the, the dolly parton of the set yes. the good human of the set
1: <laughs> uh, latoya sometimes i my 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 biggest achievement is that i only took a nap for 45 minutes instead of an hour <laughs> so you put us all to such such incredible shame.
2: I mean, you're so much, honey. It's it's- I am so grateful to do it every day. This is what I love, and it's my dream come true. So every day I get to do it, I just thank God. You know, it's really fun.
0: That's the same with us and this talking to you on the podcast. I mean, every episode that you're not on isn't our dream come true, but <laughs> this one is. Yay! Oh. <sighs> Okay. Well, we have done a hundred episodes, babe. I guess we, I guess we, I do
2: we get a cake? Do we get a, yeah, we should have to get celebrate that. a cake, that. ice cream, um, some iced coffee for you, Nick.
0: Please. Some hot coffee. Yeah, I should have sent you a cake, babe. Me, babe? Yeah. Oh, well, I should have sent you a cake too. That was my thought. So, and I didn't.
2: How how about I send you both the cake? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody gets cake. Listen, I don't want
0: Battle Angels mailing us a bunch of cake because that's the last thing I need. But if you want to send us something, send us an iconic review on Apple Podcasts. Smash the download button. Share this episode on all social media's. We're at for the girls subscribe. Like and subscribe. That That always helps. It's always a little hundred present. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, this whole podcast has been a present to me. It's been such a saving grace yeah. during COVID to just get to focus, to have an active practice that makes me focus on things I love has been a real Lifeboat during all of this, you know, and
1: just to kind of dive in, just to kind of be like, okay, this is Elizabeth Taylor week. I'm going to do that. This mm-hmm. is the Pam Greer week. So, okay, everything's really bad, but at least I can go here. I'm just gonna go here and put my energy into here. Listen,
2: mm-hmm. like all kidding aside, just listening to your podcast, the work that you guys are doing, it's such a welcome escape. Oh. It really is. It really fills my heart to get to laugh and hear you guys talk about this stuff. The 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 love that you have for the divas is so apparent. So the audience, every time you guys put something out, is getting a really wonderful treat. So give yourselves some flowers because you are doing good work. Thank you, <laughs> Should we get
1: on to our work of the day?
0: Yes. So in addition to the three divas that LaToya mentioned, I'd like to mention a couple other divas in this movie. Also, this movie also stars Elizabeth Wilson, Marion Mercer, and Miss Peggy Pope, three of my MVPs from this film. I mean, all the women. I was really taken aback by what an ensemble of women there were. Mm
3: -hmm. And
0: how actually for 1980, I mean, it's not the most diverse cast on earth. But the actual, like, the women filling out the secretarial pool was way more diverse than I remember it being.
2: Well, I think visually it was, I think... The representation is kind of on the shoulders of Maria Delgado, yes. um, her character. Um, and she ha- does at least have a, a an arc in the film. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but visually it was pretty diverse. I do, of course, wish there were more speaking roles and meaningful parts, but yes. you know it was they did they did okay.
0: I was also uh, shocked by the fact that so many of these things that they that they need in the workplace that they achieve in the workplace are still seem like fucking pipe
2: dreams. It's tragic, actually. <laughs> it's so sad that the things that they were fighting for in this movie, we still haven't gotten. Like I, day, regular daycare, um, equal pay. And these seem like no-brainers, and they were in 1980 on the cutting edge of asking for it, and we are in 2021, and we still don't have some of those things. It's ridiculous.
1: I, I think that's why that does it. It so unfortunately doesn't feel dated. Yeah. It, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's going to need to be some tweaking on this, but there's, but oh my gosh, like this was being talked about so long ago. And there's been such little accomplishment in the workplace. It's pretty tragic.
2: No, it's, it's, it's insane. But the one thing that did come true is kind of like the flex work schedule. Because now I can't even tell you the, the sheer number of hours I work. They are not nine to five. That's for sure. <laughs> right.
0: Because of the pandemic too, like the flex work schedule. But oh yeah, 41 years later, we're finally yeah. starting to disrupt the kind of capitalist work wheel that was built and I mean you also think like this movie came out and Reagan was just elected and started his like eight year reign of capitalist terror on this country and we just have never recovered it sucks it's like the Carter administration was maybe leading us to a direction that like mm-hmm. Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and Dolly and would be proud of but fuck sorry to get political I mean Pat Resnick did an interview about
1: kind of talking about 9 to 5 and and what's been updating. She's like actually I think people nowadays would really like to work a 9 to 5. That doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> like you don't stop after 5. No she's one does. Right.
2: She's, and you,
1: right. she's like you kind of work constantly. You are always at the touch of your boss's button, to, you know, at, at, when you're not getting paid. Yeah. You conti- and 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 i feel like i talked to the, the few friends i have in the office they under their understanding is that it never ends <laughs> like there's never an end to the work you know it's like the office hour ends but they're still constantly having to go overtime just to keep it going not ever to stay
0: ahead so and this movie was based on the ni- the actual 9 to 5 movement that was going on at this time mm-hmm. which was also known as the national association of working women or the working women organization organizing project And that was founded by uh, lots of different women, but headed originally by Karen Nussbaum. And their goal was to organize women office workers coast to coast. And they actually met with Jane Fonda and inspired this movie. And there was just a cool documentary about them called 9 to 5, The Story of a Movement that just came out last year. So everyone should rent that.
2: Yeah, the the great thing about that documentary um, and about the story of how this movie came about is that Ms. Nussbaum met, met... Jane Fonda at like an anti-war protest (laughs) Uh, and so that's how they met and uh, they just stayed in touch and like Jane Fonda this is why I love Jane Fonda I'm not gonna get in go into full fangirl but just know Jane Fonda that's that's my (laughs) diva I absolutely adore her she is phenomenal but she's always like really talk the talk and walk the walk use using her platform to elevate issues that are so important to so many still now. But just the fact that she was just a real one, she was like, oh yeah, I'll go stay on your couch. I will go talk to all these workers. I will And in the, the germ of the story began to form. And Jane Fonda had just started her own production company. Uh, I think it was called IPC films because she was an outspoken anti war protester, and it was costing her a lot of jobs. And so, if she couldn't be in front of the camera, she decided she wanted to produce. Mm-hmm. So, this was actually one of the first movies that she produced under her banner with Bruce Gilbert, I think is his name. And yeah, it's just, it, it launched not just uh, her career as a producer, but a movement.
3: Nine
1: Jane Fonda, this, so like we said, Jane, this was her baby. Yes. And then she had Pat Resnick write a script, as we yes. said, where it's coming out. And it was more of a drama. It was kind of more, in the initial script, as you were, we were going to find out soon, they wanted the boss Deadzo's. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. No, they were really going to kill him. Like it was going to be a straight up murder drama. And then Jane Fonda's like, maybe that's too dark. And so she, she, she really started to like have a conversation about how to make it a really dark black comedy uh, because she was really sensitive to soapboxing and you know talking about issues in that way because sometimes they don't penetrate. And I think that is one of the genius moves of this movie is to sort of hide the medicine in the milkshake by b- having it really be about something, but having people laugh along the way so that it resonates.
1: I feel like the current thing of medicine and milkshake is hide the spinach in the smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I you like need, a lot you need the vitamins. Like, yummy smoothie, but it actually has just ground it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the goodness is, is it this kind of an unusual world for Jane Fonda? What, rewatching this, I was like, this is this seems off type for Jane Fonda. She's kind of more that's conservative. What do you think?
2: No, I like. I think that's that's a great question. I think uh, there's a lot of misnomers about like Jane's career. I think people you wouldn't guess it because all of her work and all of her recognition is from such you know amazing dramas, but she has done amazing. In fantastic comedies. You know, she did Barbarella in the late 60s. She did that that movie Fun with Dick and Jane in the early 70s. So she is adept at comedy. And in the 70s, she was on this hot streak. Like right before uh, making nine to five. She had done Julia in 1977. She had done Coming Home in 78 and won the Oscar. She did China Syndrome 79, which was yeah. So prescient. And then she did 9 to 5 in uh, 1980.
0: It's such an amazing career shift, too. Like, after those very... Like, she was on, like, her Meryl Streep run. And then she just takes this turn. And it's so... Because she's, like... Proves herself to be an incredible physical comedian in this fucking
2: movie.
0: At the very beginning with the elevator and trying to get in the elevator (laughs) and getting caught. (laughs) 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 but she was so
2: but she was like such a great physical comedian and she was also uh very smart to cast herself in the role that she did she could have easily said i'm violet newstead but it was so smart for her Mm -hmm. to cast herself as the mousy like the, the the opposite of herself uh i just thought it was genius it's
4: quite a day for me. I bet it is. I was so excited. I, I left an hour early so I wouldn't be late. Uh-huh. I'm certainly glad I did. It took me 45 minutes just to find a parking place. Right here. Well, we parked inside the building. I'll show you how to punch in. And I just moved to a new apartment near the airport. Huh.
0: It's so funny, early in, um, early in Judy's uh, uh, arrival at uh consolidated which is the company they all work at she's she's like kind of she's kind of clocking that oh wait you don't get breaks oh wait you don't (laughs) talk about you don't talk about how much money you make and you can see like jane's like antifa roots just under there like as judy is having her like socialist awakening in the office secretarial pool it's really great
2: (laughs) well that step off of the elevator also um like is a bridge to one of my all time favorite lines of the movie. like it tees up Lily Tomlin perfectly because she just looks at her and she's looking around and she's like, "We're gonna need a special locker for the hat, and I just <laughs> love that line so much. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> oh, my other favorite line from that moment is when she looks out on the floor of all these secretaries, and she goes,
4: "Well, welcome to the front lines. yes, yes, it's so
1: good i love i think I think this was uh, Lily's like Kind of uh, a subtle character thing is that she always wears the same schmock. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. her> <laughs> it's her work. It's kimono. her work kimono. It's her work coat. It's her work coat. It's her work kimono <laughs> yeah. coat. Where she's it's like, back. no, no. This is I am. I'm more simple. I don't. This is my thing. Well, I'm
2: that more- is. Well, I loved her her work smock, and I I just want to give a shout out to Ann Roth who did the costumes for this movie because they oh. all had such beautiful and distinct looks. And the work smock, what you're talking about, was so iconic. And my mom worked in a company like that. My mom worked in an insurance company. It oh, like wow. she was constantly like typing on one of those typewriters, and she would wear like that work smock. So I felt. I felt seen uh, in that movie. It resonated with me on a deeply personal level.
1: Mm-hmm. She had like her different outfit changes, but then a one coat that she would wear. Yes. The beautiful,
0: mm-hmm. beautiful too. It was blue. Yeah. It brought out her gorgeous eyes. It was Ooh, great. Fucking shout outs to Anne Roth, who everyone on this podcast knows I love and have worked with a couple times and just became the oldest woman to ever win an Academy Award. Amazing. For astonishing clothes in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
2: Beautiful. Oh. Such beautiful
0: She's a queen. She really is the great one. From uh, the graduate to the English patient to who's afraid of Virginia Woolf to... It's not
2: even close. You're right.
0: She's just just the greatest. I'm so glad she didn't try to go to those maskless Academy Awards at the age of 89. (laughs) She was like, no, thank you. I'm going to be hanging out on my farm. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, Also, I love from the very jump. I I had forgotten about um, this part of the movie. Roz Keith shows up, who's kind of the like junior villain in the movie,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: played by Elizabeth Wilson. Yes. Elizabeth Wilson, who's so fucking hilarious in this and almost as like terrible as Dabney Coleman.
4: Oh, hello. Judy Burnley, Roz Keith. Uh, Roz is Mr. Hart's administrative assistant. Uh, Judy is starting today. Oh, mm-hmm. how do? It's nice to meet you. How do you do? Welcome to Consolidated. I hope you enjoy it here. Thank you. We're all a pretty happy bunch. I think so. (laughs) Here, Violet, you can put this up on a bulletin board. Thanks, Roz. I know just where to stick it. Good. And uh, Judy, Mm. if there is anything I can do to help you settle in, just drop on by. Thank you.
2: I mean, when I think of her, I, I think of her like stuck in, like, the bathroom stall writing notes on toilet paper. Like, when I think of that character, I'm just like, girl, what are you doing?
1: Oh, that would be me. That's where the gossip is. I would be, I would have, I would literally have, like, my own personal lock on the stall, where people would be like, I think it's sham to get it. It'd just be me being like, no, that, you can't get in here, because this is my office. This is the only way I can live is getting all of this intel. All
2: the tea. She had all the tea. All the tea. But I was, but like, then I was I thinking, know. like,
1: man, I'm never speaking in a bathroom again. If someone wants, I know. Ever, ever, I'm never speaking in a public bathroom again. Isn't that also because how normally they can... I speak a lot? Normally I call my mom when I when I'm in a public restroom and Isn't tell her about my husband?
0: How they get called out in Mad Money, Jay? <laughs> um, so they get caught Is it? because they're always having their secret <laughs> meetings in Mad Money in the Mad bathroom. Money.
1: <laughs> me, Listen, honey, I, I thought we I did mean, be 15 referencing episodes. I didn't know we did 100. So now you're asking me to remember a Patreon episode of Mad Money.
0: <laughs> and I thought, what? I'm going to be referencing Stubbles. all iconic trio diva movies Mad Money, The First Wives Club. Come yes. on. I mean, nine to five started it all. It was like you need three mm-hmm. divas and an yep. outstanding supporting cast of women and maybe one good man. And that's all yes. we need
2: in the movie. And come on, we got to give some love to Dabney Coleman. Brilliant in this movie. He was kind of like, he had a thankless job to do. He did it with relish. It was great. I mean, come on. You When I hear the words sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot, I think of him. So that is our contribution to cinematic history.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that he wasn't a, a Disney villain. I enjoyed yeah. that he was just an insidious pig boss. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Who, who still ran the office at a competent level and got away with as far as he could every day, you know, to demean women. Like, I love that. I love that, that like, and I think that's, that's what has left such an impression is that so many people have been able to have been able to identify themselves with this film. It's, it's real enough within the slapstick that they're like, yes, this is my everyday life.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, my favorite thing about him, too, is I saw this interview from around 1980 when it came out. You know, they're on that promotional tour. And uh, Dabney Coleman basically said his character had no redeeming qualities. And he (laughs) said he was just there to work with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton. He said they were phenomenal. And the interviewer asked him a really interesting question. Um, He asked, you know, was dolly out of sorts because she this was her first her first film and uh he said no she was great like she was wonderful and everybody was really hopeful to her and uh he just talked about the different energy they all had and he talked about how jane fond and lily tomlin were very similar which i actually agree with and dolly was her own like special magic but i don't think there are two actresses who are as adept at doing comedy and drama than Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda?
0: Oh, especially after the set, like we talked about where uh, Jane was in the 1970s, but Lily at that time, you know, she, Lily Tomlin is from Detroit, Michigan. She's from Michigan, like me and Jay. Ooh-hoo. And she went to Wayne State University, studied biology, but then started doing stand up on the weekends. And she's doing stand-up in Detroit, she moves to New York, is working off-Broadway when she gets a job on Rowan and Martin's Laughing in in 1969. Yep. And that's where she developed characters like Ernestine, the snorting telephone operator, Mrs. <laughs> Judith Beasley, Mrs. Earborn, the tasteful lady, Trudy the sorority girl, and of course, Edith Ann. Um, and these characters would go on to become like the backbone of her stand up albums, which two of which I recently found out are the two best charting comedy albums by a woman of all time. Wow. The only other woman to come close is, of course, Joan Rivers. And so she's doing all this stand up and all these crazy characters. And then, like you said, she starts working with Robert Altman. Yes, yeah,
2: Nashville, the, baby.
0: Making Nashville, getting nominated for the Oscar making The Late Show opposite Art Carney, for which she won the Silver Bear and was nominated for the Golden Globe, and also doing her comedy shows on Broadway. She had a Broadway show in 1977 called Appearing Nightly that was at the Biltmore Theater. So she had both of these worlds so fully fleshed out through the 70s that when she shows up, just... Her simplicity in this film. Yes. She's just steel spined and deadpan and being a fucking boss.
2: So good. Like it just, you, as you were talking, it, it made me think two things. One, we have to just talk about that this movie, Nine to Five, was the second highest grossing film of that year. It yeah. made over one hundred million million, second only to The Empire Strikes Back. That is bonkers. That is insane. (laughs) And as you're talking about her being badass, it just reminded me of the shot that, of course, reminds me of my mom. Uh, And it's just a shot of her at her desk, and the camera's, like, dollying around, and she's going, Violet Newstead, please hold. Violet Newstead, please hold. She's answering all these calls.
4: Violet Newstead, please hold. Hi, this is Violet. Oh, Charlotte, I've got it right here. I'm just waiting for your call. That route is 32 via Dixie Express. Don't worry, I've got it under control. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, news. Oh, come on, kids. No, come on, no fighting. Believe me, there is more than one peanut butter and banana sandwich in the world. What did I say this morning? Okay, love you too. No, I don't want to talk to the dog. Bye-bye.
2: It is just, it is sheer genius. It is perfect. She's so dialed in and great. I adore her. Ugh. What is her position at... at-
1: Collective operations, <laughs> <or> collective
2: c- <laughs> consolidated. Cur- consolidated. consolidated.
1: Consolidated. She is.
2: She's a supervisor, right? She is right yeah. under Franklin Hart.
0: Yeah, and she needs a promotion, and she deserves a promotion. She trained. It seems like she trains everybody. She trained Franklin Hart, yeah. and then she ends up. It you know, and I love this scene when she thinks she's going to get the promotion. And then he gives it to the guy, some other motherfucker that she trained. Yeah, no. Loses it.
2: Well, my favorite thing about that scene is just how it it just jumps you right in there. It's just such good editing where we have heard her set it up in the previous scene that she's waiting for this promotion. And then it cuts to her saying, what? Like just in disbelief. Like, I cannot believe you've, you've overlooked me again for a promotion. It's great. What? Now, let me
4: finish, okay? And don't go flying off the handle.
2: You gave that promotion to Bob Enright instead of me? I've
4: got five years seniority over him. I know that. For Christ's sake, I trained him. I know that, but see, the, the company feels... Oh, the company bullshit. It's your decision. You promoted him. You tell me why. Well... In the first place, see, Bob does have a college degree. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. While he's away at college getting his precious, useless degree, I'm working my butt off at this company. And in the second place, he does have a family to support. And I don't. What has that got to do with anything? Violet, look, my hands are tied here. The company needs a man in this position. Clients would rather deal with men when it comes to figures. Oh, now we're getting at it. I lose a promotion because of some idiot prejudice. The boys in the club are threatened, and you're so intimidated by any woman that won't sit at the back of the bus. Spare me the women's lib crap, okay? Now, I know how you feel, and I understand it. You understand zilch.
1: The writing and editing is so expert in this, the build yeah. and the, and, you know, it's like, you can see some of the mechanics and then they, and, and you love it. You'd love when they, when they keep upping the stakes, but then they also do what I just feel like is sorely lacking in current films is giving room to breathe with the characters just to talk mm-hmm. and share and kind of get you into their bond, get you yeah. into uh their their own individual personalities that then in that then get you more invested in the kind of hijink stakes that occur throughout the film. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. So I was I was just kind of loving uh, how these plot mechanics played out. It was so fun and beautiful. It was giving me all the moments I wanted. Every time I was like, oh I want something else, they would do it.
0: I also am so amazed by how Pat Resnick in this script, how subtle the exposition is, just how yeah. subtle it's built in there. Like just little things you learn about Judy and Dora Lee and Violet throughout the first 15, 20 minutes of the film that come to just pay off so perfectly later without ever seeming like she's, she's weaving a really intricate little plot and character story at the same time.
2: It came out of research, right? Just talking Uh to all those workers. And I love how she talks about how she came to uh, build the character for Dora Lee based on a real woman who everyone that she was interviewing was talking trash about this one woman in the office thinking that she had slept with uh, the boss and she, she took her to lunch and the woman said that she didn't. And she literally wept. Uh, in the interview, and it was just so heartbreaking, Um, but it was such a great thing to graft onto Dolly Parton's character
4: What did Margaret mean about Dora Lee? Well, rumor has it that uh, she is banging the boss She and Mr. Hart? I think that's awful Well, live and let live Though frankly, I credit her with more brains certainly more taste That's how my husband left he was having an affair with his secretary well, I don't think Hart's going to leave his wife. she's been too good a meal ticket all these years besides she's bananas. she adores him if you can imagine that I breaks also... my
0: heart when that when the when the show when the movie starts and they are all I mean that's the thing about Roz, too right like the most insidious thing about Dabney Coleman is that his character has turned the women against each other mm-hmm. which is always what the man tries to do to break down solidarity. And so Dora Lee is, and Dolly is so, she's the carrying the pain of a woman who has been objectified her whole life. And she's carrying that pain with such dignity and grace, but it was breaking my heart.
2: Oh, so sad. She goes and sits lunch by herself. I'm like, no, I, it's heartbreaking. I hate that. That that's one of the most, that's one of the worst
1: parts of that film for me is um, he has ostracized her to only to like, and make it really his own. Like the only person she really has in that office is not her sisters, but him. The only person oh, yeah, that yeah. He, she now can really connect with or have human communication with is him. I, I, and that that always gets me. Always gets me when you're carrying a tray. I mean, that, it's triggering for anyone. When you're carrying oh, a yeah, tray totally. to the freaking, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to the war zone that is the lunch period. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, not with me, you don't sit.
3: Oh, hi, Judy. How's everything going? Fine, thanks. Hey, how would you like to have lunch with me today? Well, I'm afraid I, I can't, thanks. Well, maybe tomorrow. I know the cutest little Italian restaurant just a hop, skip, and jump from
4: here. Well, I think I should stay in the office and, and get to know the routine. Uh, but thanks anyway. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the director, Colin Higgins. He also, he punched up the script that Patricia wrote. And mm-hmm. she gives him a shout-out in the uh, when we interview her. Uh, he's a real for the, uh, I'm a real for him. This is a real for him's moment. He wrote Harold and Maude. Yes, he did.
2: He directed a a foul play. Yeah, with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. Yes.
1: Uh, He did Silver Streak. He did nine to five and then he, and then, uh, his last real directing was the best little Horror House in Texas in with 82. Dolly again, with, with our <laughs> Dolly again, he wrote and directed that, um, he has, and then his last credit was on 87. He had a writing and producing credit on out on the limb with our Shirley McLean. We don't do uh, enough yes. Shirley McLean here. And I, I need to announce Ugh. we need to do Queen. that more. Queen. queen i know just everything listen
2: for the apartment alone i will forever love this woman so
1: good. <laughs> um and then so he was an out gay person in hollywood which was major mm-hmm. and he died of aids in 88 at the age of 47 oh. Oh, um and so but i just he gave us some great stuff and i i just want to celebrate him a little bit and and like we said in our pat episode she really says he brought a lot of the humor so a lot mm-hmm. of the kind of lines that we really remember she's really honored him and said he really did a lot of that like he really kind of shaped that in and did that i was like did did he did you always have the original death fantasy scenes cuz those are my favorite
2: oh my god it's brilliant she's like
1: always she's like that's how we got to kill him over and over again and i was like that's exactly what you want you you know like we all have these things of taking down our nemesis who is in the power in the control power you know mm-hmm. situation and you're just like how in the world can i bring you down well it's only in a disney sequence in which i launch you out of a fucking window <laughs> with little animated birds singing. Like (laughs) that's all I
2: can think of. As a kid, that was like my favorite, favorite thing, the animated thing. I like that. I fell in love with Lily Tomlin because of that. Her like with the birds and like bringing in the little coffee cup with the poison thing that comes out of it. It just was, come on, how can you not love her? It was fucking amazing. Violet, get me some coffee. Yes, sir.
0: This, the cinematography of those three distinct fantasy sequences is so beautiful too. So here's another him I'll give a shout out to Rinaldo Villalobos, who is the cinematographer of this movie.
2: Mm. And
0: these like three distinct fantasy sequences, I feel like Jane Fonda's, it's like it's out of a Robert Rodriguez film. Yes, you know, like the totally. shadows. It's like very graphic novel. It feels like Sin City almost.
2: Yeah, and then you, uh, well, you have the duck hunting thing. Like it's such a gamer, almost weirdly gamer thing where he's he's literally a sitting duck running back yeah. and forth. And I love the callback to basically bad things happen in the bathroom. <laughs> she finally finds him. He's he's in the women's bathroom hiding. Hi. Oh, it's so brilliant. And it's set up so beautifully because the first, one of the first things she says when she walks into his office is, Oh, a deer. Like, cause there's a mounted deer in his office. I and of course too. she shoots him. Like, yeah. It's Judy crazy.
0: is like, can't even imagine that you would kill something.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And that's why when we went at the end, when she's literally fighting for her life with him, when he's like swinging from the thing, yes. trying to, trying to escape. It's, she has to like punch him. She has to hit him. She has to really get in there. It's. It's really great. It's so fun.
0: Fuck. And then Dolly's fantasy is so sexy.
2: Yes. Like Come on. when she's
0: literally hog tying and roasting him over a fire. <laughs> it's like this very like s moment that I'm here for.
1: I love this because Dolly who has always been coy about her mm. sex. You know, has always presented very. Gar- I say garish and I use that word with only terms of endearment because I love
2: <laughs> it. I, yeah. I mean. I think give she me. would agree. I think she yeah. would she would say that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you
1: know, Ed get Garish. Come on, give me more garish. She's like uh, she I wanna look like.
2: Yeah, she's like she's underneath all the paint and the wigs and is a brilliant, really kind hearted woman who and even smart. now is changing
1: the world. Yeah, she's brilliant. And- and so smart in, in the way that she people constantly want like she'll make the joke first people always want to talk about how she's presenting herself with the wigs with the nails with the 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 tight tops you know and the mm-hmm. small bottoms and and so to see this and to see her to see her in the position of rec- of understanding that uh, power and that dynamic and how she looks and how she then resexualizes the boss and have dolly parton do that was so iconic to me
2: (laughs) it Mm. was that is the word too it is iconic i mean and some of my favorite lines in that there's so many in that one scene but when she turns the tables on him and she says hey hot stuff grab your pad and pencil and get your buns in here yes ma'am morning hold it just
3: hold it right there something wrong no no nothing's wrong
4: i just want
3: to
0: check
3: your bod Turn around for a second. Oh, Oh, you got a nice ass frame. But you know you ought to get your pants cut a little tighter. You need to bring them up just a little in the crotch. I mean, you got a nice package. You might as well show it off. Oh, Mrs. Rhodes. (laughs) Come over here. I want you to take a memo.
0: <laughs>
3: she, then she says, she says, forget about your wife, Frank. I mean, you may be hers in the evening, but you're my boy from nine to five.
2: It's like, you're yes, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> and then forces him to uh motorboat her <laughs> yes! you know, into these pillows that everyone's constantly talking about and wanting and yes. using that as an aggression and like something that's like uh, um, an assault to this like man you know like using her greatest tools or whatever um so i'll do a quick dolly dump right now on this dolly this is dolly's We said this is dolly's first film uh, mm-hmm. Everyone knows Ollie. I'm not going to get into it too much She moved to Nashville She became famous as a songwriter She had a uh hit with dumb blonde which to me like looking yeah. at this and then going to this film going from dumb blonde to this film and all the things that she does like being the dumb secretary mm-hmm. you know like that's and it's so not written as that right like they're so they don't make her an airhead which i'm obsessed with in my memory before we watching this like dolly parton this plays this kind of cute she's not at all she is tough mm-hmm. as nails and she's yeah. actually like kind of one of the people that stays in most control level like most like never spirals dolly never spirals the other two are kind of become kind of, of <laughs> <a certain laughs> point. Listen, a okay, hysterical. I mean, we're
2: about that, but because i'm just gonna say it like there's a moment there's a, one of my favorite moments it's just a look but when after they've stolen the body and like they're in the car and they're driving trying to figure out what to do the Holly Parton is sitting in the middle of Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. She just looks at both of them. She just looks at them like, "I cannot believe I'm in this mess with you bitches." It is oh, perfect. She is so, so put good. out.
1: She is so put out in that scene. She's just like, "This is awful, you buffoons!" Are like making all of the weird, wrong decisions right now, and I'm and I am not going to be in this. And, the, and the, so then Dolly went on to do Porter Ragnar and she was – his got his girl, he got rid of his first girl and then had her be on his show and that was – it was called – it was a girl singer. That was her title. And mm-hmm. so she did that for five years and she was like, no, no, goodbye. She had her own show. She had a bunch of hits it, uh, during that. As we all know, she did Jolene and Code of Many Colors. Um. Here We Come Again It was in like 76. And so she was she was touring. She was doing so many amazing things. She had a lot of scripts coming to her, but she kind of was turning it down. And then Jane Fonda went to Dolly Parton. Because j- she's so last. smart. <laughs> so because she is genius. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think that this could work for you. And a, a, a little tidbit that I found out that I absolutely love. Dolly, who had never been in a film, memorized the whole script from front to back because yes. she thought that's how it was shot. She yes. thought it was going to go scene to scene, and so she's there on set, quickly realizing that a lot of the time she's going to be utterly bored and having nothing to do because that's not how <laughs> films work. And so, and so that, and in her in her contract, she said, "I want to do I want to do the theme song." That's
2: such that's a shrewd shrewd business move. I smart? love it.
1: Isn't that so smart? And so she's sitting there bored in her trailer, and she starts pray, playing with her press-ons. She starts playing with those acrylics and she starts hearing that when she uh, rubs them together, it makes the typewriter. We all know the story. She started hearing the typewriter and then the song came to her nine to five came to her and she had everyone uh, when she did the demo, every, every woman working on that set, come down to sing it with her.
2: Oh, I love and
1: that. Oh. It, and that's how it was recorded oh. and made. And, oh, and you really I didn't
0: know that. I didn't wow. know that
2: either. Well, it uh I think it got nominated for a, at least a Grammy and, it, and got- an Oscar. And an Oscar, it lost to fame. I will
1: tell you, if anyone wants a really strange kind of -of out-of-body moment, you should see her performing on the Oscar. She comes in full Mae West drag with a slit (laughs) all the way up to her side. And and she's coming and she's just kind of stomping around in, in her dolly heels. And then all of a sudden, it's just a bunch of men in different work drag that come out and do an incredible and crazy choreo dancing around her so it's a little <laughs> bit of a disconnect with that song and like pr- wow. over like 20 men in like hard hats like <laughs> doing really like broadway flies around the stage but if anyone wants to it's on youtube it's a uh, 1981 <laughs> and yeah so she lost that to fame but she was nominated for a golden globe the song was also nominated for a golden globe and then of course she went on to be nominated again for transamerica in 2005 for Mm -hmm. traveling through so has had some kind of crazy that she hasn't won i mean
0: i'm i can really set fire to this entire academy awards for not nominating nine to five for best picture but
2: you know i can get
0: rid of elephant man i can get rid of raging bull i can get rid of tess i mean i'm still here for ordinary people i was gonna say don't cut ordinary
2: people yeah (laughs) well that was a, a good year for for women though
0: that was. It was. But I just, I also, I, you know, I have a huge thing about I wish comedies were nominated more. I Agreed. always do. And so, I mean, that year was Goldie Hawn for Private Benjamin, which I'm A plus there for. And also Mary Tyler Moore in Ordinary People is one of my favorite performances so of all time. It. I, I I've only watched it once because I cried so hard I thought I was going to die, <laughs> and so I can't watch that movie again. It's one so I cannot good. see again. Oh
2: my god, I love it! I've seen it a bunch of times. It's one of my favorite screenplays. Like the oh. subtlety uh, oh. in the in the emotional impact. Um, shout out Alvin Sargent. Great he won movie. the
0: Oscar for that, didn't he? He did. Yeah. 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 It's a great. It's a great movie. It's just so. I think it hits really home with <laughs> me and my family. So I <laughs> yeah,
2: that I French toast one. scene, man, I can see that <sighs> over and over it's and a over.
0: Darkness it's
2: and a this darkness. and the photo scene. Oh my god, when they're taking the family photo, you're just like, please.
0: It's the garage scene for me. Uh, when isn't it Mary Tyler Moore in the garage when she finally has the breakdown before going inside? I can't. Yeah. I can't even think about it. <laughs>
1: You know what scene I liked is when Lily Tomlin is getting uh, the coffee for her boss. <laughs> Back to nine to
3: five.
1: <laughs> okay, wait, let's talk about the biggest
3: thing. Oh, wait, can I just
1: say, though, I, I swear to God, when I watched this movie, I was like, because uh, I am a girl, I'm a, I'm a pink packet girl. I'm a sweet yeah. little child, yep, and so I yep. was like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" I didn't know that there was something called Skinny and Sweet, and skinny I and was sweet. googling as much as I could to get Skinny and Sweet sent <laughs> to my house, only to find out <laughs> it was a fucking prop. I was like, "I must
2: have something called Skinny and Sweet. I must have this." <laughs> I listen. The fact that they this the absurdity of fucking skinny and sweet, looking like Riddle Rat is just like, come on, y'all. I mean, you so just gotta stupid. go with it. You gotta go These with clowns. it.
4: I don't believe it. Violet, how could you make such a stupid mistake? I thought it was skinny and sweet. Here, look at the box. They are identical, except for the little skull and crossbones on the label.
0: Just- I just <laughs> love that this movie was cre- directed and written by gay people. I just yes, love that. Yes, you can really I feel it. the sensibility of a gay man and a gay woman. Like, Kind of just fucking with gender roles and sending this all around, and also having that camp sensibility of this big yellow box of poison.
2: <laughs> yes, with bread writing. It's the exact same box. It's so brilliant. My and
1: God. then having them, getting them both for the office too, as if like her other job is to kill rats with the rat poison. So it makes sense <laughs> that was for home. That was for her house. Oh, that was her. Home. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, can yeah. I talk about gender roles though with her home? I love that she's a single mom and it, and they don't have to like constantly. Be, she doesn't have to she's talk a- about it.
2: Yeah, she's a widow. Oh, a widow. She's a widow. Yeah, so so the only time you really see her family is you see her older son rolling, giving her a joint. She's like, stick it in my purse. And then that's when they have their their pot party. It's so funny.
0: Oh, my God. The pot party. The pot party (laughs) is possibly that whole scene at the bar when they all go to get (laughs) drunk together and they finally like unite. Yep. It's so fucking amazing.
2: It's great. There's.
0: There's this iconic I was watching some
1: outtakes uh this morning and they're doing the pot scene and Lily's going ha ha ha, ha, ha like doing that back and forth like just totally into it and she goes ha ha okay I'm done I don't I can't do that right now. I'm done And then and then they all start laughing again because she's so oh just turns right off like then they all start sending into actual laughter at that but like
0: but that's also what was. Really, I was, so <laughs> I was, was so struck good. by what an amazing actress Dolly is. She's yes, just like like, la- like fake laughter, fake getting high, like acting—all that stuff is really is like some of the toughest stuff you can do. Like genuine joy and laughter like that, and she's just rolling with these two Oscar-nominated geniuses. Oh yeah, and just it's so real and fun, and just the pure joy of it just sends me there.
2: Well, they talked about um, she. She has this wonderful book called uh, "Dolly Songteller." It's about all the lyrics, you know, to her her songs. And of course, before this, I looked up what she said about you know nine to five. But one of the things she talks about in her interviews is she says that Jane and Lily were so great at helping her uh, with the camera because she was very comfortable with the camera because of her early work. Um, So she but she would look into the camera doing that because she was singing Mm -hmm. to the audience. So they had to tell her like, you know, don't look at the camera and this is how you hit your mark. And she just talked about how generous they were doing that. It just it just warmed my heart.
0: we need to talk about the great scene of the film, the theft of an actual corpse.
2: <laughs> it's brilliant. That's, that was, that's always been my favorite scene. Yes, oh my it? God. It is because the genius of Lily Tomlin is so apparent and obvious. Like the way she just starts to melt down. <laughs> it is just I just I keep saying brilliant because it is genius. It is so so good, and it's all an all encompassing performance, right? They have the great lines that they're going to say, but it's just her like looking at the necklace that she has on her neck, and 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 just like being jittery, and you know, just p- going to find the gurney to push down the hall. It's just it's so good. Because first
0: she goes to hysteria with yes. the <laughs> whole like the whole like it's over. I'm a murderess.
2: Well,
4: it's all over. Did you hear an autopsy? I might as well just save him the trouble and give him the rat poison. Violet, give that to me. Are you crazy? You want someone to see it? Oh, who cares? I'm finished. I'm a murderer. No, you're not. I'm a murderess. My
3: poor kids. Violet, you're nothing until proven guilty. You know they're gonna find the poison when they do the autopsy on the body. I'm gonna have to get rid of the poison. No, no. I'll we'll get rid of the body. No, Violet. It's not murder. There are extenuating circumstances. It was an accident. An accident? She was thinking about doing it last night. We were all thinking about doing it last night.
4: But she didn't do it on purpose. Oh, maybe unconsciously I did. It's no use. I'm gonna go to the pen. We'd better get her a lawyer. I'm gonna be locked up for life. Where's the phone? Over there. Do you have any change? I think so. I just sit right here. I'm gonna lose my job. Violet, now just calm down. I'm no fool. I've killed the boss. You think they're not gonna fire me for a thing like that? Now hush. Now just sit here. We'll be right back.
1: You know, like, no, oh, says, I'm, the I'm pink a murderer. Shirt.
0: I'm, I'm a murderer. <laughs> I'm
3: a murderess.
0: And then she goes into full like I don't even know what it is like denial or coping yes. when she starts <laughs> stealing the corpse, and it's so deadpan. And she's just marching with that up to the fucking scene with the candy striper.
4: Excuse me, could you tell me where the coffee shop is, please? What? The coffee shop? The coffee shop? No, I'm new here. I don't drink coffee. I'm new here too. Where do you work? Downstairs. In the morgue. That's right. Yes. Yes, yes. How did he coffee? Too much coffee. I'm just taking him out for some air. I mean some fresh air for me. He's just coming along for the ride. What? You're a doctor? I didn't see your badge. Sorry. I'm a doctor. So why the hell am I talking to you? Piss off. <laughs>
1: Well, it's like she put on that coat, and when once she, she realizes she's a doctor, she then becomes the doctor too. She's like, "Okay, I've lost my identity. I am a doctor now. We're doing <laughs> this patient around, I am. I am now authority."
2: My favorite line of the whole thing, and there's so many brilliant parts of that sequence. But Judy asks, like Dolly, like, "How's how's how's Violet?" She's like, "Oh, honey, I think Violet just flipped out." It's, like, it's so good. It's so good. She's literally pushing the gurney out the door, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, so good!" My favorite
0: moment is when they get pulled over by that cop, (laughs) and they're pulled over by that cop, and they say, and she realizes that she's a doctor, that she has the doctor's coat on, (laughs) she transforms in front of him.
3: No, we can't, officer. We don't have time. We're on an emergency.
4: That's right. She's a doctor.
0: Oh, you're a doctor.
4: What do you think I am, a beautician? I'm sorry, doctor, I didn't see your badge. What's the trouble? The trouble is I'm taking this woman to the hospital and she's very sick. Which one of you is sick? I am. She is.
2: They're both sick. (laughs) And then they see when he offers to give them an escort and Dolly just goes, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good.
1: That i love it, I, it? But, but but then it ends perfectly it ends perfectly with so that then they're driving out and you're like well what do they do with the body and then it just there's a janitor coming in and she's opening okay
2: she's, well you got to give a shout out to her because i this is the best button in cinema i have to say her name best. is s esther sutherland yeah and esther. she's incredible her character name in the imdb is janitress um, but yes, she literally, she literally like comes in. She sees it. She's like, "Oh my god!" And then she goes, "Hey
3: Vera, we got another stiff in
2: the jaw. <laughs> it's so good. And then she just shakes her head. She's like, "This has happened clearly happened before." It's it's so good. <laughs> my god. Stiff in the <laughs> Yeah, it's oh great. my
0: god and then my second favorite moment in the movie happens next when he when Dabney Coleman just walks into work the next day after they think he's dead and they have no idea what's going to happen and Lily Tomlin with the newspaper the paper
2: is flying
0: pulling it down <laughs> flipping back over the chair She <laughs> and Jane are such little clowns <laughs>
2: they're so good that's the physical comedy I was just like I don't know how they came up with some of this stuff in the moment, but it is just iconic. It's, it, it, it never stops being funny.
1: I don't know why that scene reminds me of my favorite thing to Google uh, when I just need anything is when uh, Lily Tomlin and I hired the Hucklebees does a dive into the car runs and does a dive into the backseat of a car is just my seeing Lily Tomlin do physical comedy is just the jo- one of the few
0: joys of this world There's also um, she's <laughs> limbs she's
1: all of a sudden limbs you know just she's like just... limbs are flying and
0: <laughs> she also has a moment I heard Huckabees where she's running across a lawn trying to be like very stealth with her sprinklers going <laughs> off and so she keeps getting shot by the sprinklers <laughs>
2: <laughs> that national, is, she's oh, a national treasure.
0: She is. Fuck.
2: So we had okay. to talk about the. We had to talk about them imprisoning him. I mean, like that's, that's literally the, the, the most important part of, of the movie, and I and I love how subtly it's set up. It, it's so seeps into your mind. You don't even you don't even realize it. But they are all so well equipped to take over this office. Like she's been there. Violet has been there for twelve years. She's been mm-hmm. overlooked for a promotion. Mm-hmm. Dora Lee, very casually, when she's turning down uh, the husband, I mean, not the husband, uh, Frank Hart, she says, uh, I can sign your name better than you can. If I wanted to write a check, I, I would. Brilliant.
0: Right. Is just <laughs> dropping in, dropping in the little yes, clues. Yes, Coming yes. back later. Yes. It's so
2: smart. Smart.
0: And also my favorite thing that she drops in, we talked about the scene, Lily and her son. Lily is fixing a garage door Yes, in that scene. And she, because she's got, she's... You know, single mom, she has to do it all herself, and then the garage door comes back around when they build this truly deranged <laughs> contrapment to confine Dabney Coleman, which is at once like sadistic and also hilarious, yes. and
1: also, I will tell you it's the only thing I remember from my childhood because it it really informed. it it sent off my gaydar my my, my gay feelings I was like I'm attracted to this bondage of this awful man tied up to a garage a garage opener in a certain way and I don't understand it but I'm going to file that away as a formative thing in my mind
0: for later save that for later away. file
1: it away to be unpacked later (laughs) yes
0: but i legit like this part legit got me tense like the whole plot of like are they gonna be able i was tense i was like pat resnick was sending me there i was like shit i had the real suspense thrillers of it all
2: yeah they said up the ticking clock they were like we have six weeks And this is what's going to happen. It is brilliant. The script is so sharp, so tight. They break out a calendar for you
1: to really even follow. They're like, okay, wife is back here.
3: Boy, I mean, it was just
4: so easy. I just typed up this memo and signed our name. Well, she doesn't get back until the 15th, and Missy doesn't return until the 24th. Oh, Missy, don't you feel sorry for her? I think I'll have heart sanders some
1: flowers in Tahiti. We get the mm-hmm. mergers and acquisitions of an empty warehouse, which I was just like, "Oh, this is my favorite business jargon that I don't understand." He's, <laughs> he has a warehouse that's supposed to be full of product. It's not. We need that's some illegal. memos. <laughs> Call the IRS. He's gonna go. He's gonna be a deep shit. I don't know why, but they got him. They got him.
2: <laughs> well, even look, even then, computers. We're putting a glitch in people's lives. Like it was all they had to wait because it was a computer turnover. Uh Like, come on, man. Technology improve, please.
0: (laughs) Also, shout out to Marion Mercer as Missy Hart, the wife of the boss.
2: Yeah, she's great.
0: She's just so oblivious because she's supernaturally kind. Yeah. Like he somehow married this woman who's just really kind. It's like if Jay- when Jason gets his rich husband, she's just happy to be rich, <laughs> go on her vacation. She doesn't care what he gets up to.
1: Oh, don't care. Don't care. I will walk into anyone's office and be like, Did my husband buy you another car? That big sweetie. and <laughs> <laughs> that apartment you- that he's renting for you, you love it, right? She's you- so
2: blind. Oh, my God. She's so she's- blind, and oh I my love God. it. She's so sweet. You couldn't
0: even hate her. She was what? she was adorable. Yeah, she was just too nice. I mean, I yeah, I love that you don't even really hate Roz in the end because when they send Roz away to like the French immersion camp, she's on the plane, just so like diligently like ready to learn French for Franklin Hart. Yeah, Like you can't be mad at any of them because they've just been gaslit by this terrible man and this terrible system to kind of like work their role in it.
2: I feel like Roz was a pre-Karen Karen. <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, that's the stunted Bob. That stunted
2: yes. like <laughs> she was just. Oh my God, she just was a problem, a,
0: a traitor to her gender.
2: Yes, I'm like, what are you doing, girl? No,
0: because isn't it isn't it Roz who gets um? What's the character's name who gets fired? The one who's in oh, alcohol- Maria Delgado
2: gets fired for talking about people's salaries. Yes,
0: yeah. So she gets fired for trying to organize, basically, for even yeah. mentioning to somebody about your paycheck or how much you're making or how much someone else is making. And Roz is the one who's like gets to the bottom of that. She's union busting in there. Well yeah. no OG
1: OG OG Karen was like no union talk. I mean she says <laughs> that in the film she's like absolutely got to keep that too and oh that you know what killed me because like okay I've never worked an office job I I'm blessed and highly favored if I can turn on my computer i um, just kidding I never turn it off I never turn it off do people turn off their computers still I never do because you have to turn it back on and it takes so much time um but uh but when when Roz is like
4: Violet, just a moment come on uh, just a moment Violet? Oh yes, Roz. So sorry. I have been meaning to talk to you about Mr. Hart's rules on office decor. Uh-huh. We seem to be getting a bit lax in your section. Oh really, Roz? How? Well, I have um, typed it up here. No uh, coffee cups on the desks. No personal items left in view. Photos.
1: That—that that what's killing me? Because if I have a desk, I want me to put on. You know what I would put on? I would put on I can't the even picture. imagine all the <laughs> things you would put on in it okay but yeah I had I came up with this I came up with this I would put on a picture of the most sick dying looking dog like literally in its deathbed you <laughs> so that people and no one would be mean to me and I would just like be slightly weeping the whole time with just this like oversized picture of a dying dog that would be my thing <laughs> see it's smart it's smart but it, like,
2: in the movie all they wanted was plants and to put their family pictures it was' just so sad I was like stop being What's so insane. On?
0: Okay, shout out to Roxana Bonilla Giannini, who plays Maria. Yes. Shout out to that team. I'm trying to shout out all these great actresses. And Peggy Pope, who plays Margaret the Drunk. Hilarious.
1: (laughs) Margaret the (laughs) Chunk. And again,
0: gets her own callbacks, which I love.
1: Yes, she
2: she had an arc. She got clean. Oh,
4: Mr. Hart, it's so good to see you again.
2: Who
4: are you? Don't you recognize me? No. Margaret Foster. The old Lush? Yes,
3: that was me. But thanks to the company's Alcoholics Rehabilitation Program you started, those days are
4: over. And I'll never forget those wonderful letters of encouragement you sent. God bless you, Mr. Hart.
0: (laughs) Good to
3: see you. Doesn't she look great? Hold this.
2: Because why? Because women cared about her. Women invested in her and let her get the care that she needed. And she came back ready to work.
0: They just like build the matriarchy Glow in these up. six yes. in these six weeks that they have him bound and gagged in his house. They get to like repaint the office, let people put things on their desk, let them have flexible hours, mm-hmm. enlist in a, a alcoholics recovery yep.
1: system. I mean, have childcare, which we are still fighting for today. Yes, this yes. is
2: crazy. Wait, and they this paid everybody the same, and they they it was a good thing. It yeah. had to be undone at the end, which, hello, this is why we we are where we are. But they, for those six weeks, it was Shangri La. I they mean, were that, kill- uh, they were killing that,
3: it. That, uh, that equal pay thing, though, that's uh, that's got to go. Hmm?
2: Oh yes, yeah, sir. yeah. It's all right as an incentive, but uh, we don't need to keep on priming the pump. No, sir, I, I don't, don't think so. Stands the test of time. Colonel it's... Sanders coming in there and like <laughs> the baby. I was like, get look, get that baby out of that awful man's arms. <laughs> oh, fuck, that blah, is blah, the the great uh, Sterling Hayden. Shout out! Yeah, he was. Yep. What
0: I mean, so many things. Sterling Hayden.
2: Well, Another he was in uh, one of one of my favorites. Is Johnny Guitar?
0: Oh, with Joan Crawford.
2: Yes. Oh. Which was full of all types of uh, shenanigans and behind-the-scenes drama because. I mean, hello, Joan Crawford. So if you ever want to Google that mess, please do, because Sterling Hayden hates her (laughs) until he died. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, can I I just have to shout out another one of my favorite lines in this movie? When they have him all tied up and Jane Fonda's terrible ex-husband comes to the (laughs) window to try to ruin everything, Dick the Dick shows up. (laughs) And he thinks she's she's doing S and M, and which she's like <laughs> marching know, him out. She's this like, is your I can-
4: Judy. This isn't you. You can't be serious. Don't you tell me what I can or can't do. Those days are over. And if I want to have have an affair or, or play play sex games or do M and M's, you can't stop me.
2: <laughs> She's so cute. I love her. I'm love like her Nick guy.
1: loves his M and M's. So every time he goes, it's <laughs> gonna. I know it in his little. Whenever in his little anyone voice, mentions any candy, M
0: and M's. So happy good. about it. Uh, oh, chain in this movie, and then just the, just them ending it with them in the red, white, and blue. You mm-hmm. know. It's so positive. It gives you this kind of positive ideal of what our world could be like, what our country could be like if we just let the ladies take control.
2: Well, I agree. And I think it resonated so well with audiences. There were uh, a couple of interviews where people talked about the experience of being in the theater, watching it. And they talked about where uh, they were taking it, Jane, Fonda and that uh, activist group that they were working with took it around to different places and they would watch it. And then when it comes to the file scene, when she's trying to make copies (laughs) and like everything is like going to hell. And they were like, people were yelling in the audience, like push the stop button. So that's what they knew. (laughs) They were like people like audience participating. And uh, the other moment that people just stood up and like cheered is when uh, Dolly is rebuffing frank hart's advances, and she was like so you've been telling everybody i'm sleeping with you huh No. well
3: that explains it that's why these people treat me like some dime store bluesy they think i'm screwing the boss
0: that's not it at all
3: oh and you just love it don't you it gives you some sort of cheap thrill, like knocking over pencils and picking You're up. Now let's
0: don't get excited.
3: Get your scummy hands off of me. Look, I've been straight with you from the first day I got here, and I put up with all your pinching and staring and chasing me around the desk because I need this job. But this is the last straw.
4: All right, now wait, let's, let's, let's just sit down and.
3: Look, I got a gun out there in my purse. Huh. And up to now, I've been forgiven and forgetting because of the way I was brought up. But I tell you one thing. If you ever say another word about me or make another indecent proposal, I'm going to get that gun of mine. And I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. <laughs> Don't think I can not do it.
2: And Everyone just like erupts in the audience. Oh. I was just like, oh my God, I wanted to be there. I wish I was there.
0: It's so crazy that like, and then it like 10 years later, we have working girl. Yeah. You know, and we're still dealing with the same problems, you know, and 10 years after that, and, like today we're having the Me Too movement. It's like, it makes it, I mean, I know it makes me realize what everyone means when they say like things just aren't getting better. Like yes. And then, and then people just get, I guess, tired of fighting and then we have to do it again, 10 years later. It's just so frustrating.
2: Well, the change is incremental, so we should not lose hope and heart. Um, But think of someone like Jane Fonda, who is, I believe, 83 years old. This woman is still out there getting arrested um, for climate change For uh, different things that are happening, like with the pipeline. I forget which pipeline Uh it was because they're so awful and they keep doing it. Um, Jane Fonda is a G. Jane Fonda, if you don't be a Karen, be a Jane. Uh Um, Use your platform, use your power. But there has not been enough sweeping change. And not that we should be satisfied with incremental change. But at least there's something. And I just don't want people to lose heart because we should continue to fight.
1: And listen, change is slow. We, like, any time, you know, we think something's starting and we think it's going to end, like, within a year, you yeah, know, like, like uh, you know.
2: Like the ERA. We're still trying to get the Equal Rights Amendment. Come on, Fuck. people. And, oh, and it's there's insane. Al- mm-hmm.
0: And there's always going to be the backlash, right? Like, for yeah. every nine to five, there's a Wall Street that's made, you yes. know? Yeah. There's oh al- you, ugh, every time we, like, have these moments, like, and that's what I was so scared. <laughs> we were all so happy when Joe Biden was elected. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was someone was saying like, the shark isn't dead. It just went out to deep water. So we it's
1: have coming
2: back to do. It's yes. coming back. Yeah, yeah we'll we always be prepared.
1: And, and let's acknowledge, Latoya, you are a positive change.
2: Aww. You, you
1: are climbing the top and, and and paving a way. And I, you know, thinking about this and you're going to give hope to, the, to a generation that really needs it by all of what you're achieving and accomplishing.
2: So. You are gonna make me cry. Please stop. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you, but- <laughs> do,
0: you do walk the walk. You amplify other screenwriters. I see you do it all the time on social media, and you look. You practice what your diva Jane Fonda preaches.
2: Yes, I listen. I try to do everything I can to be a bridge, to be a ladder, to help people. Uh, because I didn't really have that many people to help me. So now that I'm in a position that I can help folks. It is really, really important to me to to pay it forward. So it's just a part of my DNA. Thanks, mom, for making me that way. Oh, a real working woman, your mom. Yes, a real all working the, to woman. All the working, a women. single mom, a real all working, working
0: mom. that's who this is for. Yes. Is your mom doing well?
2: She is. She's fantastic.
0: Good. Oh yeah, this was for all the working moms, all the working ladies of the world. Mm-hmm. Unite, yes. organize, join a union.
2: Yes. If you yes.
0: can, I mean, fuck. The yeah,
2: look, Whoa. we need all the battle angels we can get. Yeah, right? we do. It's, it's, it's gonna take all of us. We mm-hmm. gotta keep fighting.
1: Battle angels fight, so let's keep fighting. That's it's right. never done, it'll never be done, and that's okay. There's yeah. joy in the fight. There's joy in the process. Mm-hmm. And when
0: you get weary, you can turn on nine to five. You can turn on working girl. You can turn on Norma Ray. Yes. And get your inspiration and in from your divas, like we do. Yeah, also, that on,
2: song slaps. This Podcast. It this podcast. Slaps. <laughs> and play that song because that song
1: is, is, is it, it, it tells the story. Tells the story of us ch- of trying to overcome. In that song, it's us trying to beat the odds. And- you, that has to
2: be that has to be the yeah, outro. You got to play that song as yeah. the outro of this absolutely.
0: Absolutely. On. Thank you, everyone who has listened to all one hundred episodes of this podcast and accompanying like forty some Patreon episodes. We love you. We we're so happy to do this with you every week.
1: You're probably like, "How is Latoya? Is Latoya really a Stan?" Everyone she claims to be, we can profess. She doesn't come with notes. She doesn't. We're looking at Latoya. She doesn't look up Google things. Nick and I are. I'm googling everything to be like. (laughs) I don't even know the name of the fucking uh, of the person we're talking about, and it's just coming from Latoya's encyclopedia diva mind. I am too
2: obsessive.
1: And, and so, listen, kids. If you think this is the end of Latoya, ya dumb, you're wrong. Yeah. On off mic, Latoya's like, so you know what I told you, right? And she started naming all of the other divas she was waiting in the wings to cover because she is that much of a stand. She is why she's here for our 100th episode and our first third guest. Uh, we love you, Battle Angels. We love you, Latoya. Thank you all we for seeing you guys.
0: Us.
2: Can't wait thanks. to come back. Thanks, guys.
0: Oh, thanks oh, everyone for listening. We love you. you. We love you. Bye. Mwah.
2: Not
3: too fine what a way to make it. Oh, that living. was great, you guys. Getting by, it's all taken and no given. They just use your mind and they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Not too fine for service and devotion. You would think that I would deserve a fair promotion. what they call